Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here on DK Sports Radio. I'm Chris Carter, he's Dale Lolly. We are breaking things down here for you on DK Sports Radio, which you can subscribe to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, anywhere really where podcasts are hosted. Leave us five stars, give us a positive rating, all those things help us out. I'm here with Dale. It's only a, a few days removed from the NFL draft. It's Wednesday free agency is opened and you know are reopened after the draft which means comp picks are out of play now dale there's a lot of people out there poo-pooing the steelers for selecting Najee harris and not selecting offensive linemen to the third until the third and fourth rounds i i, I get that there is a sense that yes your offensive line is very important in that it's important for, for teams to invest in their offensive linemen and get the right blocking. But it's, it seems to me like there's just such an overhaul, like be, a bending over backwards to make this argument when it's clear this team needed a running back before anything else. Look, I get it. Um, you know, when national people were looking at the, the Steelers roster, um, they, they didn't see Kevin Dotson play last year. Um, so they have, they really have no idea what Kevin Dotson is. Uh, the Steelers are obviously higher on him than, you know, most pundits. Oh, well, he's a fourth rounder that didn't get a, you know, he only had 300 snaps or whatever it was last year, whatever, watch him play. Uh, you know, they, Zach Banner won the starting right tackle job last year in training camp, uh, then got hurt in the first game. Shuksakor for came in and played reasonably well, uh, the rest of the season, He'll move in. Banner will be back at right tackle. You got you got a core four moving across to, to the left side, which maybe he's more suited to do. Um, where were the starting spots? Okay, center. Well, I love Kendrick Green. And, you know, he's, he's a guy that brings the nasty, just like Kevin Dotson. Um, maybe B.J. Finney starts the season as the starting center, but sooner rather than later, Kendrick Green will be the starting center. It's a much younger line than what they had last year. And I think if there was a if there was an issue with the line last year, it was that guys got old. Uh, they just, you know, couldn't do the things that they had done previously in their career. And that happens. Um, you know, who did this? Who did who did people want the Steelers to go out and get? Did they want three offensive linemen drafted in the first three rounds? Yeah. And then go with the, just go with whatever running backs left. No. They did not have a starting running back on their roster. Right. Period. Um, so you better go get one if you want one, because doing a running back, I, here's what I know works. You can have a great running back run behind an average, even a below average line. Uh, look at Minnesota and he can be very effective. You, if you, but I know this for a fact, if you have a, an average or below average offensive line and bad running backs, you're not going to run the football. Period. That's just the but bottom it, line. It's not that hard. Yeah. I mean, you can have great blocking and all, but if you have a guy who can't see the holes, who can't find his way, you know, through a paper bag, what does it matter? And that's the problem that they were running into when you saw Benny Snell. And I broke this down in Carter's classroom months ago. I was like, look, this is what they're dealing with. 
Look, Benny Snell, when he see when the hole's obvious and it's right in front of him and he charges forward, yeah, he is a tough runner when he knows where he's going and he can get the high knees going and run through a guy. But you need a person who's going to dissect what the defense is doing, understand what the offensive line's goal is on that play, and know when and where to cut and to, to charge forward. And, and also act- be capable of doing those things. Exactly. Because he just doesn't have the speed that he, he Benny Snell just doesn't have the speed to be capable to do to be a dynamic running back in the NFL. I'm sorry, he doesn't. I, I don't I think speed is well down the list of attributes that I look for in a running back. I know people look, well, he, this guy runs a four four, this guy runs a four three, whatever. That doesn't mean you're a great running back, but you better have good vision. You better be tough. You better be quick in a phone booth. You know, you could right. you could you could if you have good acceleration. You can make up for a lack of, of, of top-end speed, and I just don't see that with anybody on the Steelers roster other than Anthony McFarland before they drafted Najee Harris. Right, and the thing is, you can also have that speed, but also not have the vision. Right. I mean, I mean, it, it, took, it took Willie Parker a few years before he realized, like, hey, this is how I, I, I maximize my value and I make the big plays. Um you know, but it, it's not just as easy as one, two, three. It's not as easy as people think like, oh, yeah, well, when I play Madden, I can see the holes and I can get that done. It's like, no, you got to understand that when you're when you're in the backfield, you're the same height as everybody or you're often shorter than most of those offensive linemen and the defensive linemen who are in your way. So you're having to process what your what your assignment is, what their assignments are, what defensive front they they're using, what kind of you know, what what kind of alignment are they going with? And then as the play is going on, diagnosing what who's winning which battle and then where to capitalize off those wins. Those things are not easy to process. I think a lot of people take them for granted because people just see, oh, running the football, that's easier than throwing the football because you have to communicate and think about where a guy's going to be and they have to catch the ball and all these other challenges. And listen, I, I totally respect that. But Dale, I mean, it's, it's almost like people forget how many different jobs running backs do fill for an offense, whether it's pass protection, running the ball, catching the ball, finding different ways to win, whether it's, you know, a big play down the field or you need to figure a way to, 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 to go in and win in short distance or short yardage. All those different things are, are very important. And all those different things are things Najee Harris does very well, which is why I think people need to kind of get over themselves about this whole running backs don't matter thing. Yeah, you know, running backs don't matter unless you don't have one. Right. Um, you know, I wrote a story on the site today, Chris, uh, about the look at back at the way that Le'Veon Bell was used by the Steelers. Um, the Steelers have not been they weren't able to use James Conner the same way, and because James Conner couldn't hold up. Uh, if you just look back at at that that rookie season for for Le'Veon Bell, he averaged twenty two touches per game. You get about what fifty maybe 60 offensive uh, snaps per game uh, in, a, in a normal game, and this guy's handling over a third of them, tell me that's not an important guy in your offense. Um, you know, it, it went up from there in, in, in future seasons. So, again, if a guy's touching the ball one-third of the time in your offense, he's just as important as, as anybody else in your offense who's not the quarterback because he's, he's the guy that's making it go, you know. You keep hearing the thing. What will Ben, you know, will he use a running back? Well, he use a running back when he has one that he trusts. Right. But the last few years, he hasn't trusted the running back for good reason. They haven't been good enough. Um, you know, when, when he looks at, the, you know, comes up to the line of scrimmage on first and 10 
and says, okay, I, I've got a run pass option here. Well, if we run the ball here, maybe we get two yards, but it's just as likely that we get, you know, a, a negative gain or something like that. Or I can throw a, a quick, easy pass and get four or five yards here. Which one do you think he's going to do? He's going to throw the football because he doesn't want to be in second and 10, second and 11, or even second and eight. That's not a favorable down for the offense. Right. And that's the thing. When you get to those second and eight, second, second and nine, second and seven, you're sitting there like, oh, man, we're behind the eight. Now ball you got to throw it. Right. Because then teams are saying, okay, run again, see how that does for you. And then when, but then they're sitting on your pass, and that's when you get more completion because they're get, they get to be more aggressive. But when you have Anaji Harris, first of all, once that person, that player has had success in the NFL, you know what they do, Dale? When they go, and you be, I'm asking that rhetorically to you, but when a team is preparing for the Steelers, they're going to go into the film room and be like, hey, guys, when that guy's in the backfield, that 22 guy, we got to pay attention to him. We can't just let him sit there. You know, when James Conner was back there, it's like, hey, you know, if he hurts us, he hurts us. So what? We can't let Juju or Chase Claypool or these other guys hurt us. But when James Conner's back there, like, you know, we if he hurts us, it's most likely like, all right, well, we could we can get that get back and survive. Najee Harris is the kind of guy that will continue to crush you throughout a game. And teams will have to say at some point, okay, we we gotta compensate for this. We gotta do something to slow that man down. And then when they start doing that when they start overselling themselves and say, Hey, all right, let's, let's stop. Let's, let's stop Najee Harris. That's when you'll see Ben Roethlisberger be able to say, okay, let's do that. Play action, hit them behind their defense. It's all part of the plan, but it can only work if you commit to it. And if you have a running back that people are afraid of, even if you have a good offensive line, you know, like the Steelers had a good offensive line when Jalen Samuels rocked the Patriots in that one game. But guess what? He was, he's never been able to duplicate it. Why? Because it's not as simple as, oh, the blocks are there. This running back is going to win every week. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, every running back is responsible to make at least one guy miss. That's the way off. That's the way offenses are set up. You have to be able to make a guy miss. And, you know, Najee Harris can make that guy miss by either making him miss or he can run him over. Period. So he's, he was the right pick for the Steelers. Um, you know, we, we could, we could argue that a hundred different ways, uh, till Saturday, but people are just going to have to wait and see when, it, you know, what he puts on the field. Um, I don't want to hear when, when, when Najee Harris puts up 1500 total yards. And to me, that's the floor for him this year. If he, if he plays all 17 games, uh, I don't want to hear all these people that are trashing the pick, then come back and say, Oh, that, that was a good pick. Unless you're willing to admit you, unless, unless you're willing to admit you were wrong about it. And that's the funny thing is when, if he does, not only will people have to admit they're wrong, this narrative of running backs don't matter is going to take a huge hit if the Steelers just come out here and start winning. Put it this way. Take Nick Chubb off the Browns. Kareem Hunt's still a pretty good back, but they're not nearly as dangerous as they are with Nick Chubb. Completely agree. Completely agree. I think that's that's, that's 100% accurate. Um, as far as when you could see the, the drop off. And again, Kareem Hunt would start on the Steelers the last few years. Like he would be the guy. Without a doubt. Without a right. doubt. Right. And, but even he falls behind a Nick Chubb caliber of running back. So that's what we're talking about here. We're going to take a quick break. When it come back, I want to talk to Dale more about some of these, these perceptions thrown around about the Steelers that I just think maybe deserve a little bit of challenging. We'll talk about that right after this.
back here on the Lolly Caller Steeler Show here on DK Sports Radio. I'm Chris Carter. He's Dale Lolly. We're continuing this discussion. It's post-draft. You already heard our immediate post-draft analysis, so we're kind of delving into some different things. Dale, again, channeling the national media narratives that have gone around about the Steelers. We've already talked about first round running back type of deal. And some people feel like that. Oh, that's just that doomed them to the, they they're in a lot of trouble, but I, I, I look at this team. And again, this is a team whose major weakness was they couldn't run the ball last year. They got four guys who are in a row who could help with that immediately. And if not immediately, very soon. And I'm just sitting here like, I, I don't see this whole thing where the Steelers are some organization that they're in a really rough spot and that they're not going to be able to compete next year with the guys that they currently have on the roster. No, I, I think that's a silly narrative that somehow the Steelers, um, you know, are, aren't a good football team. I mean, look at the, the power and, and power rankings are just, you know, their rankings are just that. Uh, but I don't see many that have them, as a non-playoff team, when you look at power rankings out there, they're, they're right, are always right around, you know, the 10th, 11th, 12th best team in the league, which is pretty much where they ended last season. It's still a good roster. It's still a solid roster. Um, they're still going to be, you know, competing for a playoff spot as they do each and every year. I agree. It's just, it's just they look like they're, they're a team that, they still have, yeah, did they lose multiple defensive pieces? Sure, but they also, they're gaining some guys back. They're getting other guys to step up after these injuries. It, it just, it makes a lot of sense. I look at the Steelers' offensive picks here, right? And there were a lot of people who said, oh, they should have drafted an offensive tackle in the first round. They should have drafted a center in the second round. And listen, I'm going to raise my hand. I thought that they should have gone and gotten one of those centers. When, when, when their pick rolled up at 55, I was sitting here saying like, man, this guy's here. That guy's here. And they picked Kent and they, and they picked not even Kendrick green. Cause he was the third one pick. They picked Pat Frymouth. And I was like, Ooh, like, I'm not so sure that's going to help them as much in the run game, but I'm like, all right, let's consider the merits. And I'm looking back and I'm like, okay, I see, I get this. I get that. I see why you're willing to invest a second round pick into the tight end position for the first time since I think Matt Spath is this was the last time they drafted uh, that position that high. So um, I, I get it. I'm just interested to see how they kind of build off that to kind of be the offense of the future because one thing that like you kind of alluded to earlier, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger's career is in play here and everyone's discussing that, but there is absolutely concentration of, of, of players who are going to be around when he leaves that don't want this play to just drop off and just be like, ah, yeah, we're getting a top five pick the year after Ben leaves because that's what we want. No, there's going to be a, con- a nucleus of players around who are probably going to keep this team competitive even if Ben retires after, say, this season. Yeah, I mean, they do continue to play football. Somebody might want to remind Aaron Rodgers of that because mm. he th- seems to think that somehow the, uh, you know, the, the, when he leaves, the Packers will cease to exist. Uh, you have to plan for the future. And, you know, part of that planning is, is keeping your roster relevant. And that's what the Steelers are doing here. They're rebuilding, restocking that uh, the offensive line, the running game. Right. And that's the thing is that if their running game is restocked, if they're out there pushing people around in the ground game there, that changes everything. Again, they ranked dead last last year and still found a way to go 12 and four. 
That's the crazy part with this is that if they if they had ranked dead last in the in the, in the rushing game and they weren't even in competition for the playoffs, they had a losing record. I'd get it. I'd get why you're like people are like okay. Even if Tomlin stays, it's an overhaul that needs to happen. But that's not what happened here, Dale. They had a really good season. They fell off late because they didn't have the running game that was consistent. And then in the playoff game, they fell apart. That does not make a terrible, good-for-nothing season. I know by Steelers' terms, it might be because a lot of Steelers fans are like, oh, it's Super Bowl or bust. But that's sometimes the reality that you face as an individual in the NFL. Yeah, um, you know, you need to win playoff games. That's that period. And, you know, you would hope that they would do that here this year. We'll see. Um, And that's how, you know, that's how the Steelers are measured. So I I get it. Um, But you're not going to win a Super Bowl every year. And and thinking that, uh, you know, the Steelers have, quote, unquote, wasted Ben Roethlisberger's career or something like that is silly. You've been to three Super Bowls with him. Right. The aforementioned Aaron Rodgers has been the one, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Drew Brees just retired. He went the one and yep. one, um, you know, it's not easy to do. It's, it's much harder to do than I think a lot of Steeler fans seem to think. It is a lot. Harder. And again, it's the NFL one loss and you're done. Like, you know, you can, you in, in the NHL in the NBA and the MLB, you can, you can wake up, have a bad day, go to bed the next day and then have another chance to play. It's not that way in, in, in the NFL. No, it's not. I mean, it's a one game, you know, winner take all uh, situation. And, and, you know, you can, you can have a bad game. If you you don't have your best game, especially in the playoffs, you're going to get beat. Absolutely. That's the big key here is that you, uh, it takes one slip up to happen. But again, when you have a run game, it's, it's the usually the more secure thing that protects you from having those slip ups because for those turnovers were passes in that playoff game against the Browns. You run the ball a little bit. One, maybe you protect the ball a little bit, but two, you give your defense more time to recuperate. And you're like, all right, we're buying them some time. And then once the defense started to figure things out against, against the Browns, in the playoff game, they were able to make some plays. But yeah. by then it was, it was too yeah, far I mean, that's, that's why you saw some of the Steeler defensive players uh, being so happy that, the, the, you know, the team had drafted mm-hmm. a running back. I mean, if, if that means five to eight fewer defensive snaps that they have to take every game, uh, that, you know, your, your defense is that much more fresh, not just in each game, but, you know, if, if you're taking, let's say, five fewer defensive snaps a game over a 17-game season, that's 85 uh, d- fewer defensive snaps. That's more than a game's worth. So, you know, maybe Stefan to is fresher. Maybe Cam Hayward are a little bit fresher than they would be uh, normally heading into the playoffs. Hmm. I'm just thinking more and more about playoff matchups and where the Steelers could be next year, because all the teams that are, that are switching to these passing offenses, you know, we got the we got the, the Chiefs are still the team that everyone's gonna be talking about, right, Dale? They're gonna be sitting there and they're gonna be Patrick Mahomes, everyone's gonna be talking about them. You got Lamar Jackson, even though that's not even really a passing offense, it's more of just a quarterback led offense. But you know, Justin Herbert, maybe people are looking at the Chargers for them to take over. Um, you know, we'll we'll see if someone comes out of the AFC East dominating. But if the Steelers can come with a rushing attack where Ben Roethlisberger is just there and making plays, but you're not asking him to drive the offense. You're not asking him to, to lead it. I, I think that that has 
that 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 has some fruit to bear for an offense that, that that's going to be coupled with a defense. And you know, we haven't talked much about their picks on defense this draft, Dale, but I, I don't think that this defense is doomed to fall below being a top 10 unit this year. And if you're a top 10 defense, that still makes you one of the best in the league. And that's still something to, to be to be fearing if you're an opponent coming in every week. Yeah, I still think they're not just a top 10 defense, but a top five defense. Maybe they do take a step back a little bit this year. Uh, but, you you know, it's much like when people said, well, the, the team with the best running game doesn't always win the Super Bowl. Guess what? Or the number one running back. The team with the number one defense doesn't always win the Super Bowl either. Right. It's a, it's a good place to start, but you got to have some balance. So, you know, if the offense is more balanced this season, uh, that helps the defense. And if the defense doesn't have to play as many snaps, that helps that, that, that helps make them a better unit as well. Absolutely. I mean, heck, go look at uh, <laughs> the last Super Bowl. Old man Tom Brady wasn't better than prime Patrick Mahomes, but he still won the Super Bowl because of other factors on the team. So I'm with you entirely all the way there. There's a lot of narratives that we'll be attacking and breaking down over the next few weeks. Um, just continuing to look at the NFL draft class where it stacks up for the Steelers and for other teams, but be sure that we'll be giving you all the coverage you need on DKPittsburghSports.com, where you can read all of our work from myself and Dale Lolly and subscribe to DK sports radio. We can listen to all of our podcasts, breaking things down. Thanks so much for listening to the Lolly Carter Steelers show here on DK sports radio. I'm Chris Carter. He's Dale Lolly. We'll continue breaking things down throughout the week. But until then, until we come back, listen to DK's daily shots every day, Monday through Friday, you get a take on the Steelers, the Pirates, and the Penguins right here on DK Sports Radio. From Chris Carter and Dale Ollie, thanks for listening.